0: Just goes to show This is your host Ridge
1: What's up guys Co-host over here Chess Coming back at you With a new epi A lot to cover today Pretty excited Let's get into it, Jack.
0: Yeah, so to give you guys a little rundown, per usual, what's what, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my trip across the pond I had the other weekend. I got some clips, actually, I managed to record inside the ground. Um, pretty awesome win. A couple awesome wins that I saw. Um, break down the Champions League a little bit, because we got some fixtures coming up uh, tomorrow and the day after, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the top four as well, just because it was a weird top four weekend outside of City and Liverpool. Then, uh, we, so the Player of the Year nominees were, uh, well, the winners were announced, so we'll recap that and talk a little bit about some of the madness that occurred in, uh, in Leeds, actually, because um, it was at Leeds. Uh, then, as always, um, I'll hit Chris with some trivia, and then we'll hit, end with the Predictor app and send Senator's scores afterwards.
1: Yeah, excited to get into it. So let's start off with your weekend trip recap here, Jack. So this was um, actually two weekends ago. We're recording on Monday here. So you actually went to three games, but let's just start out with the one that we have the coverage from here, which was Palace against Arsenal. Right. So it was an absolute Park Life weekend. A lot of, of times... Can spent. you explain Park Life? What does that
0: mean? So Park Life uh, is a song, I think it came out in like the 80s. My, my dad would be so mad I didn't know this. Park Life. Look it up on YouTube. Um, and it's just It was like a really popular song uh, that came out in England about like going to the ground, getting pissed up going out uh, out, out for the football um, and so it's just like I don't know you go when you go to the grounds it's like park life it's like different than sitting on your couch and watching at you know in home
1: fair enough so it was a park life weekend yeah
0: park life and park life gives you a sense of enormous well-being so Here we are park life it gives him a sense of enormous well-being park
1: life. I can't get up that line. So that's Jack's dad, Andy, for those who don't know. Detroit Andy on Twitter. What's his quote that he keeps saying there? Uh,
0: it, it gives him a sense of enormous well-being. So if you don't know what park life is, I guess that's what it, it does. It gives you a sense of enormous well-being, sense, Okay, let's get into the next one here. Um, all right, so I took some recordings inside the ground. Uh, this will give you an idea of what it's like inside the ground, and we'll walk through backwards uh, what happened in the game. All right, so I'm here at uh, Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Um, it's the second half here at the Emirates. I will say confidently that uh, this is the worst stadium I've ever been to. There's uh, literally no noise, no atmosphere. It's really bad. But the Palace Way fans are quite good. Palace um, went up 1-0, header. Ozil equalized uh, very early on in the second half. See how this one plays out, but I wanted to let all Just Show fans know that if you're an Arsenal fan, it's all right. The fans singing... Our palace fans. It is so quiet in here. It's a library. It's a library. Library.
1: It's quiet. That's my point. Cheers. Notice that there's a little bit of a slip of some English words coming in there. Whenever Jack goes to England, he kind of develops a little bit of an accent after a couple of pints. Also, literally library. You now, a little bit of the slip of the tongue there. It's probably intentional, but uh yeah, you might have had a couple peers beers before that, yeah? Yeah, literally,
0: um, but that i i'm happy I, that was in the recording because I was at, so the day before I was at Leicester against West Ham at uh, the Olympic Stadium, West Ham's ground, I saw a 2-2 game. That, w- that was one of the worst in-ground experiences I've, I've ever had from like a distance from the field perspective. I felt like I was at like the big house at Michigan. But at this game, so I was inside the Emirates. Emirates is the home, home stadium for Arsenal. And it's just, there's no songs at all. And so if we were talking about afterwards, like Arsenal are the definition of a social media club. Like if you don't go to games... If you've like never been to a game ever, or you don't plan on going to games, and you just want to see like some highlights on Twitter, maybe like get some bitmojis in your Instagram stories, and you know the Insta chats and the Snap faces and all that good stuff. Like you would be an Arsenal fan because they're really not a, te- a team that's made, and the stats team is not made for like an amazing in ground experience. It's just
1: no, not- they're also probably like, the worst Twitter fan base out there. They have like all these BS fan accounts and. They'll go down like 1 0 in a match and just be calling for the manager's head and this and that. And they, it's really annoying. But um, anyway, let's get to the next clip. Or, yeah, do you want to go to the next one here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a couple more.
0: All right, so um, Wolf has just scored. Um, we're up 2 1. We got about 25 minutes to play here 23 minutes of regular time. Uh, I'll let you know what happens. This is mental. Crowdslot. Let's just go to the next one. Yeah, here. quick, quick transition here. It's three-one. It's three-one. It's absolute madness. Palace has scored three-one. Jimmy McCarthy from a corner. I don't know what to say. My luck this year has been absurd at away games. It could be another three-one win. I love you, Palace. Let's go. Wow, the away end went absolutely. The noise so- is
1: good there. It yeah, makes us look good as Palace
0: fans. I mean, it was it was it was a good day out. The when that third goal went in and Palace went up three uh, one. Arsenal actually went on to score. Aubameyang went on to, to get a, a goal and it be three two. But um, when we went three one up, it was absolute. Scenes in the away end. Song, song, songs. The Arsenal fans actually were probably like fifteen yards to my left because I was sitting pretty close to the divide, and all of the all of the Palace fans around me are climbing on each other's shoulders being you know getting into these Arsenal faces. Um, it was brilliant.
1: Yeah, um, pretty unbelievable experience to be a part of that. I'm sure. And would you have one more here? Yeah, walk, just, just walking out of the ground.
0: Okay. Got well. I'm leaving the ground right now Um, I'm I'm here with uh, friends and family Um, Officially, on the season uh, I've been to two away games for Crystal Palace Against Manchester City and and, and Arsenal Um, Scored a total of six goals Conceded four Won both games 3-2 Six Um, points, baby Six points out of two matches away Against two top six teams um, I am accepting financial bribes and offers. If you if you want to bring me to a game uh, or if any any clubs in the Premier League would like you know to pay me fiscally to attend any of their fixtures, let me know. Thank you. Bye.
1: Is that Andy at the beginning saying we're getting pissed tonight? Yeah. So we, <laughs> we caught bit... that right at the beginning.
0: Of that. <laughs> so we had a bit of a session after that, as you can imagine. Um, but no, like I mean, I don't know, it, it, like in all seriousness, to be at two games in this season. Like, I only go to a handful of games throughout the year. I, I make I usually make it to three at the most, four at the most, I would say. Three is um, probably a good average. Right, so. yeah, about three in a season. And two, I saw two games away this season, one game at home for Crystal Palace. And the two away games, I saw a 1-1 draw at home against West Ham. And I saw two away, 3-2 wins over Manchester City and Arsenal. And, it like... That just doesn't happen if you're a club like Crystal Palace, who it doesn't really get better than who that. ten years ago almost went bankrupt
1: and had to go into administration and were docked points in the championship. It's pretty incredible. Uh, all I can really say is hashtag Park Life. Yeah, Park. That, life. Maybe that's our new thing now. Parkway. Dun it. Dun doing it. Park life. Oh man. Um so put that out on the Twitter so people actually understand what it is. I I still don't understand it. I just like saying
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> um I yeah. And then Wilfred Zaha, I got to see him play in person again. He scored a he scored a great goal. I thought Christian his performance against Arsenal was magnificent. Um and I was just I mean, the display overall for Palace away from home and Arsenal now, since that game have been on a drop a,
1: three straight. Exactly, been on an absolute weeks. slide. So Palace just the them. dream, dream records, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, any other highlights from the trip? Anything else?
0: Uh, no, I, the other things I would say, I was at the Villa match uh, on Sunday. Oh, v- Monday or Monday, sorry, Millwall, yeah. Uh, yeah, Villa against Millwall. Villa won one 0 Could have scored six or seven. Villa then won- that it marks their tenth win, tenth consecutive win in the row, which is a um, an organization record. So it's a record amount of wins in a row, which was insane to see. Um, all the all this just like the scenes at Villa Park, like it was a it was a sellout against Millwall, like forty four thousand or whatever it was, so loud, like it, it reminded me of when I used to go to Villa back in like the early two thousands with you know Brad Friedel and uh, Gab- Ashley Young and James Milner. Um, and then the game I saw, like I said the day before, was the West Ham versus Leicester game, which was an interesting game. It was a good game two two. Um, the one thing about the London Stadium that I was at. For West Ham, it's a huge stadium. It fits a lot of seats. We were way up there in the nosebleeds, like four rows from the top. And literally, like, when when Harvey Barnes scored the equalizing goal, I saw the goal go in. And then it was like, I saw the goal go in from distance. And I heard one, two, three. (sighs) And then I heard, like, then the sound waves from the cheering away fans who were as far as possible away from me actually got to me. Which is, like, just a weird thing at a football match to be that far away from the other fans. Like, the celebration took a long time to get to. Like, I'd never really experienced something like that before.
1: Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, even on TV, you, like, see kind of the track around the field. It just... There's something about the fans not being right up... Like, hugging the sidelines that takes away from the overall atmosphere, I think. Um, Not to mention it's just huge as well. And West Ham supporters are kind of shit. Right. Well, it just felt a lot like... Not really, but, I mean, they kind of are. Yeah, I mean, they are.
0: But, like, you could tell, like... It was more of like a bowl, like it was more like being at the big house is how it felt. Like the stadium went outwards as opposed to vertically. Yeah. Um, and so it just you felt so far away from it literally felt like being at the top row of the big house. That's like the best comparison I have.
1: Yeah, whereas a lot of the other stadiums are more stacked, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of keeps the sound and I think and everyone's a little bit closer to the pitch. Yeah, like so. when you can hear the players yelling, you
0: know what I mean? When I can hear Tyron Mings like organizing the defense, like that's it's brilliant. You can't, you don't get any of that.
1: Yeah, the sound carries differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, well cool. It's a great trip. I mean you saw it Both your clubs win, and the 2-2 draw us a lot of goals in the other game. Uh, So that's awesome. Jack is a good luck charm, apparently. Yeah, feeling good about it. It's Um, funny because all we've talked about our entire lives are how we were just miserable sports fans and our teams always lose, and now you're just on this crazy run. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I'm waiting for something really terrible to happen in my
0: life. I just had to, like, up my like, health benefits at work because I'm, like, nervous that something just – I'm just going to get, like, struck by injuries. Yeah, I'm just right. like something terrible is on the horizon, like, right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so let's transition, I guess, away from that trip. Um, I want to touch on quickly the Champions League action midweek because we've got two English teams still in. Some would say a 50% chance of – uh, an all, well, it's 25% chance of an all-English final. Um if we're looking maybe, at simple
1: math, yeah. Yeah. So we're recording on Monday, like I said earlier. So we got Tuesday and Wednesday are the first legs of these semifinals. So let's start Tuesday. We got Spurs v. Ajax. Um, actually, I don't know who's home for that. This is bad preparation but bad what radio. are your thoughts here uh, for the first match here with Slurs.
0: yeah i mean honestly like i'm all right. at home
1: sorry see here's the thing
0: i think everyone's going like ajax 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 and people think that this is going to be actually ajax's easiest game in the last three cuz keep in mind ajax have beaten real madrid two rounds ago and then juventus last round to actually get to this point so they've been killing the ghost of cristiano ronaldo i actually think now ajax will i I think ix will fall in this leg to spurs um i think spurs and ix actually played really similar brands and styles of football very intricate passing a lot of balls on the deck um especially without harry kane and for spurs and so i actually like spurs to do well and i think this is like what spurs this is spurs season right here like they're either gonna go for it and have a heroic finish of the season without harry kane or not
1: you know, yeah, um, I don't necessarily think that everyone's thinking that Ajax is going to win this, but they definitely have picked up a lot of steam when it comes to their support and people thinking that they're good because they did just run through Real Madrid and Juventus. Spurs are in an interesting spot now. They still have a lot to play for in the league. There's two edges left in that. Um, they don't have their best player. I am going to lean towards Ajax in this one. I feel like they're, I've I said this in past pods, but they really feel like a team of destiny here in the champions league. They've been playing so well. And, um, I don't know how this first leg will go with Spurs at home, but I reckon that Ajax will like their chances going in the second leg.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think, I think that's kind of what everyone's saying. And for some, for some reason that's making me want to pick Spurs just because of the, the, you know, kind of the narrative being against them. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I I most of the time I can rationalize my picks with some kind of logic. With this one, I just feel like IX might be the better team. Tadic, uh, Dusan Tadic, who is a former Southampton player, has like over thirty some. He's like thirty-five goals for him, thirty-three goals for him this season. It's Incredible. he wasn't like really, he
1: wasn't really a striker for Southampton. He was a like a set piece taker, um, like a, attacking an attacking wide forward, player. yeah, um, weird. almost, but. He was pretty good. I always thought he was pretty good in the, cha- in, uh, the Premier League when he yeah, played. Yeah, he was. Him, uh, yeah, but yeah, right. Not like a thirty goal, game. like maybe like between five and ten goals. He's really absolutely going, gone off. So that's interesting. So yeah. I actually think Spurs will make the final. So I think
0: we'll have one English team. Chris doesn't, but then that transitions over to on Wednesday we have Liverpool Barcelona.
1: Who do you got? So this one, I for some reason I feel really confident that Liverpool are going to get through this. Uh, and I think you feel the opposite. So mm-hmm. we what do you want, like? I think we probably get a little bit of heat how we have very similar takes, but we're pretty opposite on this. I like IX and I feel really good about Liverpool for whatever reason. I don't feel like they have the best chance of winning the Prem at this point, but I, I think they're gonna get through Barcelona. They're just I don't know. Mane Sala's starting to pick up his form again. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident in that. I think Liverpool will uh, will take them down. Yeah, Van Dyke's coming
0: off winning player of the year. We'll get into that in a second. I think, uh, I actually like Barcelona to win this one. I think Messi's just clinched the La Liga title. He'll get rested in, uh, in their league fixtures here coming up. Um, and their sole, Barcelona have now ticked off. They've had an unbelievable season. They're gonna, they've ticked off the La Liga title, clinched it already. Now they're focused, composed, and going to, you know, reset and go for this Champions League title. And I think that Liverpool are are fighting a war on two fronts right now. They're trying to scramble back into this uh, – not scramble, I should say, but trying to hope that Manchester City drop points to get back into the Premier League race and also now trying to go on and win the Champions League. And for some reason, I have this feeling, and I I think there's a narrative here, maybe it's a little bias, anti-Liverpool bias setting in, but I think that Liverpool are going to lose here in the semifinals, so they won't even make their final of the Champions League, and I reckon they're going to finish second in the league, I don't think Manchester City are going to lose another game. So they they could have this magnificent season where they get like 90 points in the Prem, um, and don't even get to the final of the Champions League, or
1: win the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could happen. Um, they, they could actually finish with, like, 97 points in the Prem and not, and not win. win. but Which would be pretty unbelievable. But um, I, I feel really good about... Liverpool have been so good in European competitions. They made it the final last year in the Champions League. They're a lot better this year. Um, they went down to Real Madrid in the Champions League final last year. But I don't know if their, their style suits well to playing against uh, teams from other leagues. But I don't know. I, I think that they're in a spot where... They have a tougher matchup than Spurs do playing Barcelona, but I feel really confident about that one. I'll be pretty surprised if they they flop against Barca.
0: Yeah, I don't think I, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a case of flopping. I, Klopp's teams have always done well. Like his old Dortmund team used to do well in Europe as mm-hmm. well. But uh, I I think that Barcelona when you come. Uh, like we've talked about the way to beat Liverpool, and like when Palace play Liverpool in the season, we, we talked about it. Like if you can play the ball in a quick triangle, they press, so they 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 attack the ball so aggressively from a defensive standpoint. They they swarm and hoard the ball. If you can ha- slip one or two passes outside of their attack, there are wa- really wide spaces for attackers to fall into. So if you watch that Liverpool Barcelona game, Lionel Messi tends to not touch the ball in the first minute or two um, of the game. He supposedly like walks around the field and just like scouts out the open spaces from a defensive standpoint. Watch the beginning of that game. Watch watch Lionel Messi scope out some of this open space in the Liverpool defense, and then I bet there'll be some intricate breaks where they, they pass in the midfield, Liverpool really
1: press, they slip it out wide to, to Messi in space, and he burns them with a goal or two. I mean, you could see it, but then you're also talking about Liverpool who have conceded 20 goals in 36 league matches right now in the Premier League. So they've had the best defense in the Prem this season. Yeah, I'm not going to say, I, I you know, I, I don't, I... But they're both they're both really good matchups. I think that's kind of the point. So so Chris
0: so Chris we both have one English. If team you're gonna in the write final, down
1: our picks. I got Ajax Liverpool, Jackass, Spurs Barcelona. I think both of those would be really interesting matchups in the finals. I think yeah. I think we gotta bring this back on the pod when the finals decided and oh we'll make predictions again and we'll follow up on this. But we'll also the first legs are Tuesday Wednesday this week. The second legs are Tuesday Wednesday next week. So we'll know the final a week and a half from
0: now. next week. We gotta come up with a bet in the meantime. Tweet us Ooh, what the loser should do. Ooh. Um, if either one of us get both of these results wrong, slash, one of us is gonna, can either get them both wrong, we can, or we can split the games. If we split the games, whatever. If we split the
1: games, and we'll double down in the final. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Uh, we yeah. gotta come up with something good, and um, yeah, tweet us anything. I, I feel like Harmon's got a good bet up his sleeve. Yeah, you can, somewhere. You can come up with something good for yeah. us. Um, cool. So that's Champions League. We'll, we'll uh, follow up on that, obviously. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in these last two weeks of the Premier League season. We have a lot to play for still. Obviously, there's the City-Liverpool race at the top. you don't really need to get too into that. We talked about that a ton. Yeah. It is what it is at this point. Right. Um, but something that's really interesting in developing, and we've hinted on it a little bit, but I want to dive into it more, is the race for the top four at this point. So with that, there are four teams still left competing for two spots. We have Spurs on 70 points, Chelsea 68, Arsenal 66, United 65. And really the developments over the weekend are... I don't know if anyone wants to qualify. Yeah. It's been really ugly for those teams <laughs> for the past couple of weeks here. It's true. Um, Spurs have a bit of an excuse because
0: obviously the injuries and, and they're still in the Champions League. Arsenal's just – they're collapsing. They need some help. Um, right now they're absolutely falling apart. United are just kind of a definition of, of – are the definition of, un- of inconsistency. Excuse me. Um, they look really good in patches. If you owe oh, the overall quality of that United team is quite poor, right? You They've see, they won like, one of their last five. Yeah, you look at it, honestly, I was going through the United in the Manchester Derby. I was going through the United team the other day and like looking at who's in their starting lineup, they suck. They're like not good, right? Like, they're like, really they're pretty weak defensively. But, yeah, like you look at their midfield, like who's their central midfield, Pogba, and then who? Emani Maddie Matic, I, who's I, like 33 30 like and Andrew Herrera. Andrew Herrera, who's not going to resign his contract this summer, right. he's not stay, stay on the team. Um, outside backs knows probably back to right, they're on their outside backs, are playing Ashley Young, who's nowhere near like Champions League quality. Left uh left back, whatever position he plays. And then on the other side, I uh, think usually play Diego Delot Dallo. Like who the hell is that? And center back they got Phil Jones, who there's a you know a silly meme or gif of him getting burned every single week c- paired up with Chris Smalling, who's been there since like well, they also have
1: Lindelof and they have... Um, Eric Bailly is out Eric for the Baye year. He's out for the again. year. So, they, I mean, they mix those guys up, but I don't really think any of them are very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have a decent
0: front three in Rashford, Martial, and then, like, Lingard, Slash, Lukaku. Um,
1: like, they have a decent kind of attacking
0: core. Martial's
1: been pretty weak lately, too. I, really, I don't know, Those guys, the only one that I really think you can count on is Rashford. Yeah, probably. same, same. The rest of them are doing consistent. So, to so, so start with that, we probably think United are done. They're, they're in the worst spot here. The only thing that they have going for how bad Arsenal's form is. That and they probably have the easiest run in their last two matches here. They play away against Huddersfield and home against Cardiff. So it doesn't really get much easier than that. Cardiff might have something to play for that last match, but those are two fixtures they should get six points from. True. So they have an advantage with that, but they're lowest on points, lowest on goal differential. Arsenal have lost three in a row and four out of five in the league. And Who do they play next? They have Brighton coming up this weekend. And then after that, they play away against Burnley. So, again, two matches that are pretty favorable. But away against Burnley in the last match of the season, that's definitely no gimme. And Brighton are still playing to stay up. Um, So, iffy there. You got Chelsea, who are in a pretty good spot on 68 points. But they play Watford this week. And then they play away against Leicester. So, that's a tough final two matches for them. Mm -hmm. And then Spurs control their own destiny here. They're away to Bournemouth, and then they finish home to Everton. So, also kind of a tricky run and So, it's really interesting because the two easiest uh, finishes are United and Arsenal, but they're also the ones that are furthest back in points.
0: Mm.
1: I reckon, if I had to make a prediction, I would probably just stick with what the top four looks like right now. I think I'd just go with Spurs and Chelsea to, to stay in that three and four spot, but... Mm. I don't know. What are you thinking? Any any bold takes here? Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's going to be really interesting too. Like, what
0: happens? Like, what if Spurs win the Champions League, right? And United are also is still in the Europa League, so United could qualify for Champions League just by being in Europa League, right? Um, so, if Spurs win the Champions League and United win the Europa League, so Spurs could, I mean, Spurs could finish third or fourth in the Prem and still win the Champions League, and then I think what happens is. All of them
1: qualify. we were talking about this with our friend teams. Andrew Lappin. I, I really don't know. Like, I don't think that's ever happened before. No, I think. So I think. I'm it's, sure, there's a rule we could have looked up before this. We didn't, but so we'll just right see now. what happens. But yeah. I mean, I, I, there's no way I can fathom that you get six teams, I and mean, this doesn't make sense. There's not enough spots, right? I mean, there is because they reserve spots for the winners of the
0: competition, and then each, and then I, mean, they're, do, they're, I guess so they're like deme- qualifying rounds. Yeah, and then do it, and then domestically we have four domestic spots uh, in the the Premier League so there could in theory be six
1: teams in Europe next year well six teams in the Champions League well and it's not even just the Spurs in the Champions League because it could be with Liverpool too true yeah yeah true uh, this is gonna be interesting, but um either way, I mean, just the race for to the top four between those yeah, four I, clubs. I was, mean, I think this is as tight as I've seen it in a long time. Yeah,
0: and I I think I think the way it finishes, surprisingly Chelsea are gonna sneak in, I think, with that fourth spot. I think Chelsea I mean, are gonna be no fine. No one's surprised, I've been saying it all year that they're gonna yeah, to the top yeah, four. Yeah. Arsenal look like shambles, but with the fixtures they have, I think they'll be all right, and then I think United's only hope of getting in is if they
1: win the Europa League. Yeah, because they're not going to be able to make up enough points, I don't think. Even if they, they win their last two, they'll probably be on the outside look again. So, yep. anyway, that'll be interesting. Um, the other table development here is obviously we got City and Liverpool to look forward to. And then we've talked a little bit about the relegation battle here. But Brighton picked up uh, a really big draw over the weekend against Newcastle. And Cardiff had an opportunity away against Fulham and lost 1-0. So, Cardiff are now four points behind Brighton. Not looking good for them. Yeah, I think again we kind of said this
0: on the pod. Like people were pretty gung ho about like Brighton are going down. They they've lost you know like four straight or whatever. And we kind of said it's still they're still the favorites to stay up. I think. And I although I'd love to see Brighton go down. Yeah, Cardiff are doomed unless they pull out a miraculous win.
1: They both have really tough run ins. So Cardiff, well, not uh, really tough is kind of relative here. But uh, Cardiff play home against Palace, so there's a chance in that one. And then they are away against United. Brighton are away against Arsenal and home against City. So I honestly think they'll probably just both lose their last two matches. Cardiff have to pick up four points. um, And even if they pick up four points, goal differential, they're they're screwed. So they basically need to win the last two. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. So probably uh, saying goodbye to all the teams from Wales here in the Prem for a little while. Yep. Swansea are a mess as well. Sorry,
0: game. Welsh fans. Um, and then, I guess, yeah, and then recapping the league and, and zooming back up to the top of the table, we just had the two Player of the Year awards. The Player of the Year award was handed out to Virgil van Dyke, And these and are the PFA, so they're voted on by the Premier League players. PFA, yes, the the, player, the uh, Players
1: Footballing Association. Uh, I think that sounds right. right. Either way, the players vote on it. And so, yeah, they came up with Virgil van Dyke as the Player of the Year Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking about him all season. You have to. It's not like you hate on the guy, but I've just yeah. been really on board with him. He hasn't let a player dribble by him this season. Not once. Yeah. People keep talking about that. He's Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it. He's really good, it,
0: like annoyingly good. He's only
1: the fifth defender to ever win the award.
0: Yeah, which is crazy actually. That's like a
1: defensive player win the Heisman, which is Probably like – Yeah, or like MVP in the NFL or something. It like, right. doesn't really happen. No, it's pretty rare. So, really impressive from him. I think it's deserved. The, basically, his biggest competition when it came down to the voting was Raheem Sterling, who mm-hmm. won the, the Young Player of the Year. And this I have a gripe with. So, not that Sterling doesn't deserve to win it. He had an incredible season. I really wouldn't have been mad if he won the actual Player of the Year award. Right. Right. But it's kind of tough to give a young player of the year award to a 24 year old. Yeah, see that's the I think thing. It's got to change these rules.
0: Right. So the, the the young player of the year award is founded because back in the day, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, like a young player on the scene of 21, 22, 23, that was really young, right? Like whoa, this guy's 23, 24. Like he, he can be up for a young player of the year. Raheem Sterling's been in the league since he was 17. The guy the guy like uh, has I think he he made his first Premier League like, appearance when he was 16 something for Liverpool. Um, and so I think it's a bit of a compounded effect here because I think that he's just been around. He, he came onto the scene at such an early age. He's been around for so long now that people are like, oh my God, like Raheem Sterling won it. He's like 27. Like, or he's like 30. Because he's just been around that
1: long. It feels like that. I still think 24 is too old. Though. Which, yes. Yes. So I think it's 50 50. I think the rule I'm pretty sure is it's, you have to be 23 or younger to start the season and then you're eligible for it. Yes. But I would say, like, make it 21.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think there's enough youngsters in the league where, like, if they're 21 or younger, like, you look at players like Trent Alexander-Arnold, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, right? Like, there are a lot of good young players, and you'd like to see them get recognized Marcus because Rashford. yes, because there are a lot of players in that 23, 24, 25 where like that's kind of the prime of some players' careers. Like, would Christian Menteke have won Young Player of the Year back in the day when he came to Villa? Um, I don't know. I, I agree, I, but I I, I also think people should be co- uh, conscious of the fact that the you know being angry about starting one Young Player of the Year is a little unfair to him. Him because like
1: he's just been on the scene for so long that like you I mean know, it's he not really like feels it, like he's older you it, know what I mean it's not like it's his fault that they voted for him for that and he's eligible exactly. for it. so I'm not hitting on Sterling I just think that's kind of nonsense that the awards set up that way but also he had an incredible season like should be recognized and if he's eligible he was the best one of the, the bunch there so right. you kind of have to vote for him he's on the short list for it if you're a player and I think he deserved I, it but it's just I think it's a silly thing at this point to call it the young player of the year when you're 24 years old and. You know, you got several guys in his starting lineup that are younger than. Yeah,
0: them. player Yeah, players just start earlier than you know in the modern day game than and, and play earlier in their careers. They get onto the field earlier. Scouting systems are different, right? So I, they definitely got to change that the makeup of that award. Um, but it's funny when we did pick mid season awards like Player yeah. of the Season. Uh, you picked Van Dyke and I picked Sterling, and they mm-hmm. ended up winning both of these awards. Um, a little bit different, so I guess you were more on the money than I was there. But um, we kind of both saw this coming based off the, the
1: way the season started. Yeah, I mean, and these guys were studs all season long, so they both deserve some recognition. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. So we wanted to highlight one more thing here before trivia, and that was the absolute madness of the Aston Villa Leeds match over yeah. the weekend. They played Sunday morning, and if you haven't seen it, I'd be pretty surprised. If you follow soccer, it's all over Twitter. <laughs> um, we can even tweet some stuff out about it. But basically what happened— uh, in the, It was a nil-nil match in the 70th minute-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Caja for Aston Villa goes down with an injury, pretty bad one, where he's, he's on the ground. Um, the Villa players are waving at the refs, waving to the sidelines to try to stop the play. The play does kind of slow down. It looks like Leeds are going to hold up the play, maybe kick it out of bounds. A lot of the Villa players just stop running. And then Leeds kind of continue on with their run, go down, and score a pretty easy goal because you know, half of Villa's team had stopped playing. After they score, a bunch of Villa players lose their minds, including Conor Hurahan. They start like a little bit of a brawl comes out on the sidelines. John Terry, who's an assistant coach for Villa, is going nuts, uh, getting in the face of Marcelo Bielsa, the uh, manager for Leeds. Mm -hmm. Just basically chaos ensuing. Bielsa is freaking out. Um, There's a scrum and... Uh, Anwar El Ghazi from Aston Villa and Patrick Bamford from Leeds kind of get tangled up. El tries to like break free, and Bamford grabs his face like he got elbowed and goes down. Think like D1 Mighty Ducks, like grab your chin, like you're cut, like yeah. Charlie Conway get in the Gordon corner, Bombay's like shot. Gordon Bombay's telling him to go down injured. He, he doesn't. You look at the replay. Elgazi doesn't really get anywhere near his face, but Bamford acts like he just got like shot in the face, goes down. They show a red card to Elgazi, send him right off. Then, play is about to restart. Marcelo Bielsa, who is just fuming with anger on the sideline, the Leeds manager, instructs all of his players to let Villa score. So he's he's screaming. He looks really angry, but he's yelling at his players. Villa kick off. They dribble down. All of Leeds lets them go by except for their center back, Pontus Jansen, who tries to make a play on it. And they score an uncontested goal to make it 1-1. And that's how the game ends, one one. So I've never seen anything like this, Jack. I don't know if you have. We're actually we're Villa fans, so I was watching the game anyway. Um, but it was absolutely like mind blowing what happened. What are your initial thoughts? And like, I guess what I want to talk about too is like, what would you have done in that situation? What are your overall takeaways from this madness? So, I've actually seen there's been
0: a few times where like stuff like this has gone viral. It's not the first time, like the um, there's a couple things to to point out. First of all, when a player's down injured, it isn't an official rule that play is stopped by the referee unless it's a head injury. Then it's mandatory stoppage of play by the referee. There was no Um, whistle, so there's no whistle, right? So, it's just kind of a good faith sportsmanship thing that's like widely a part of you know, a part of. Football. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like another rule. Like in golf, if there's like a hazard, you get like a club length kind of thing. And I, I, I guess I don't know. No, that's um,
1: no, not really. That's <laughs> not kind of a sportsmanship thing, right? Well, anyway, I suck. suck you yeah. play golf too. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but with.
0: With this situation, you know, Villa, the there's two parts of it. Like when they started slowing, it's different if you never stop slowing the play down. Like a team just – there are times where players down and teams just play on, which is really maddening and annoying. But there's never like a dummy or indicator that they're going to slow down, right? Like sometimes I've watched games where like the team keeps playing despite a player being down and it's infuriating. Like they're, they're, the players are like waving their arms but at least they're playing. Like they're able to defend, right? In this situation, there was a little bit of a sl- – there was a definite slowdown in play and they kicked it towards the left back on the sidelines then the left back launched a ball forward to the winger and then they went down and scored so it was like the dummy of like oh we're gonna kick it out and then eh, no we're gonna take advantage of the fact that you all stopped playing that's what made it really malicious and, re- and really shitty so there have been other instances that i've seen like on social media and, and especially i've seen a few times like Shakhtar and like playing in ukraine where um, teams have like kept playing despite an injury or pretended to slow down and then just kept going and scored and then they just result in like all out brawls and a bunch of red cards um so it's like I've seen it I actually have seen it before I've never seen it in the English game which is something to note um then in a but then in a uh, but then like the second part of it, so I mean, all that's terrible, like, leads, full shame, like, absolutely terrible sportsmanship. It's just rude, awful, terrible. And then uh, the fact that they let them score afterwards, it's like double interesting because. That's like, like the most classy sportsmanship move you could possibly make. <laughs> yes, but 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 I I want to want to throw something out there. Some people are saying it's a classy move by Bielsa to say let them score. Apparently, it was suggested by Dean Smith, the Aston Villa manager, that we, we need to let us score.
1: Well, I'm sure. I mean, it wasn't like it was totally unprovoked. Like they were yelling at each other on the sideline, and Bielsa, after he let him score. He was still like throwing his hands up, yelling, kind of like, "Are you happy now?" Like right. he, he was obviously didn't want to really do it, but right. he still did do it. And then when Villa went down, Adoma went down to score, and Post-
0: Pontus Janssen, who's a Team of the Season center back for for uh, for Leeds, um, he's in the Championship Team of the Season, uh, Swedish center back for Leeds, plays for the national Big team, dude. national team as well. Um, he like. Kept playing. One player on Leeds kept playing. Like he refused to like then, let Adoma score. And then they got in a tussle after. Like, that, after that that he scored,
1: too. like he was he was livid. He was yeah. like mad at his teammates for letting it happen. Basically right. yelling. And then Adoma and him like started bumping up against each other too. It was clear that like not all of Leeds was on the same page. Like when they were going to stop the play, and then no also right? when they let the goal in. Like I mean, think about it this way, Jack. You're an extremely competitive person. If you were playing for Leeds. And your coach said, "Let them score." What would your reaction be? It would be it was a pretty heated game after you just got into like a little bit of a scuffle with the other team. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I, I think you'd be pretty pissed. Yeah,
0: I'd be a little bit like 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 Janssen, which which like I can understand the the problem. I guess I feel very grateful that they let Villa score, and ultimately that was a, a very classy move. I think the initial problem is is the again the initial problem is the duping of play initially, right? Like. If, the, if Leeds just kept the ball and kept playing and went down and scored, it would be controversial. But, like, that happens. Like, once every few weeks in English football, Premier League championship, that happens. It was the fact that they played it out wide and it looked like they were going to pass it out of bounds and then kept it going, like tricked Villa. That is the core issue of this. And that's where I think that that's where, like, that left back and left winger are the are the core problem. Because then if you're a Leeds player, like, even if you don't agree with what just happened, like, there are some Leeds players who are probably like, oh, nice, we scored. So it's like your sports, your, your 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 like competitive side is 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 pleased. Your competitive side is like appeased, um, but then your sportsmanship and like honor side and like being a good person side feels shitty.
1: <laughs> so yeah. and then you, and then the whole team split and divided. Well, the other thing too is so for people that don't really follow the championship, Leeds are in third and Villa are in fifth. They probably will play each other in the final. There's a final. good chance they're going to play each other as a rematch in the championship playoff. They're, the outcome of that game didn't really matter much. They were both going to be in the playoff regardless, pretty much, of the result there. So it wasn't a huge was, make-or-break yeah. game, but it's a big match. I mean, it's two teams in the top five here. That are gonna they are going to play each other in the next couple weeks. A bit, And there's a good chance they could play each other again. And if they do, I mean, the other thing that came down to it with with the Bamford and El Ghazi incident... Uh, Dean Smith, Villa's manager, came out after and said that they're going to appeal that, and they expect that the red card will be rescinded because it was pretty clear that nothing really happened there. And Patrick Bamford's just getting shredded all over the internet because he—he yeah. he flopped. Really I mean, that, 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 that's move. why people—that's why people hate
0: soccer. That, uh, that was
1: it was—it was really bad. And I mean, I wonder if there's going to be any like anything that happens with him as far as being reprimanded for it, but. It was just a wild, chaotic incident. If you haven't seen it, you should just go go on Twitter and search it. You'll find it right away. But um, definitely something we want to talk about, and I think um, it's a really interesting – Scenario to think, you know, like what would you do in that spot, sportsmanship wise, competitive wise? Because I don't really think there's a right answer. You know, it's it's really up in the air.
0: No, yeah, it's and, and again, there's no rule around it, so it, it's just it was impressive to see the morality of the situation and, and Leeds let them go down and score. So full, you know, full full credit to them. But it, again, it doesn't happen without the initial duping of the play, and so that's what you know. That and that split-second decision of, like, hey, we're going to trick the play out of bounds and keep going is is what's messed up, and you just don't want to see any more of that in football, and I think that's where maybe a suspension or something like that could come into play for that left back and that left winger.
1: But yeah, probably not, but it's interesting, and it'll be really interesting. It'll be talked about a lot if they do end up facing off in the uh, championship playoff final. We'll see. Yeah, a lot of there was a drama this year with, with I know the, the Grealish punch, thing. this. Yeah, it's been a lot. Jeez. Um, hopefully, we'll get that all in the Premier League next year. Get so, in. Uh, Alright, him me with some trivia, Jack. I'm ready. Yeah, so... I, think. I haven't been doing very well with this the last couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous, honestly. If I don't do well this time, I'm going to start getting some heat, I think. Alright, well, we got... Uh, I'm going to try and try to
0: keep it pretty, uh, pretty simple here. I've got six names, uh, six players in the Premier League, um, who have five or more Man of the matches so far this season... Who are outside of the top six clubs? Okay, six players. There's only six players in the Premier League who have five or more man of the matches. Who are outside of the top six? Fun fact: guy with the most man of the matches is Eden Hazard with 13, which is I think six more. uh, It's like four, uh, yeah, four or five more than whoever's next. Yeah, wow. Um,
1: so how many guesses? Can you give me like ten guesses or something? This is kind of tricky. You you want ten guesses well, total? Or I mean, want, are you going to give me six? I got to get six in a row. It's pretty tough. Uh, well, I, no, I, I was gonna.
0: I wasn't going to give you a number of guesses. I was going to give you a time. When I was oh. one. oh oh yeah, that's actually way better. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay. Because last time I gave you three guesses and that didn't go well. No, it didn't. That's uh, why I was getting nervous. My hands were sweating already. So I'll give you a full minute to get all six. Okay. Um, starting
1: now. Raúl Jiménez. No. Ruben Neves. No. Gerard um, Delafu. No. Troy Dini? No. Um James Madison No Jimmy Vardy No Holy shit Um Not Wilfred Zaha probably Yes Oh he is? Okay cool Um Yeah one of the six Zaha Yeah that's a good start Okay
0: um Hmm, 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 hmm. Still got 40 seconds Um <sighs> Felipe Anderson Yes
1: Two of the six Ryan Fraser, No Callum Wilson No Wow Um How much time do I have left? Uh,
0: twenty seconds. Um, Jordan Pickford?
1: Nope. Marco Arnautovic? No. Nope. Declan Rice? No. Nope. Andres Townsend? Luka Milivojevic? No. Nope. No. Nope. Um, Three. Talman Ronda. Two. Isaac Perez? No. Nope. No. Nope. Oh man, that was really difficult. Yeah, it was difficult. Wait, I want to. I, you need to give me some clues. I can't believe that neither Callum Wilson nor Ryan Frazier was on. It's there. funny. Their teammate was. Um, Steve Cook. Nope.
0: Um, attacking player also.
1: Oh. Norwegian. Norwegian. Hmm. I'm still. So, I'm still trying to think through all these teams. Okay, so. So Bournemouth doesn't have. Either of those guys on there? Nope. Um, it Josh King. Yep. Okay. Josh King. So that now you you had a good season, but I would I would have
0: taken both those guys over that. Well, also Josh King hasn't missed any time. right? Fraser and Cal Wilson have missed true. both. True. Okay. okay, so Tom that's injury. three of them. Then. So, yes, yeah, so you got Zaha, King, Felipe Anderson. Uh, you guessed quite a few Newcastle players. You got a Newcastle player on here. You guessed a, a couple of Everton players. You have an Everton player on here, and then you've a. Gilfie Sigurdsson? Yep, Ever- actually Gil- got that one. Yep, Gilfie is four, and then you're missing two players. They're actually both central defenders. One is for Brighton
1: and one is for Newcastle. Um, Lewis Dunk. Nope. Um, okay. Who's uh, I'd rather send centre back? I know who he is too. Okay. So he's Irish. You said there's one from Newcastle as well. Yep. I guess didn't I guess Jamal Lascelles? No. Nope. Well, you, I think you did. But so it's Fabian Schar. Yep. Which he's only played like 20 games. But, okay. Um, <laughs> and then um, Brighton, uh, God, I know who it is. Give me one second. Um, he played himself in Fantasy Prem oh,
0: and, yes, du- and capped himself in a double game week, And he got... Shane Duffy. Yes. And he got,
1: I think, one point. Okay. Um, I guess it wasn't really thinking too many defenders. But no, it's, it's a difficult question, to be fair. It was, a, it was a really good question, though. I like that one. I wish I would have done better with it. Um, I, I got a little panicked when I didn't get... I guess two players, two or three players from Wolves, a couple players from
0: Leicester. Well, immediately you went for players who were kind of in that, like, Seven eight nine range, yeah, because I was like, okay, those are the best players, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I missed Guilty, which I should have gotten, and then not getting, I thought Troy Deeney would have been one. Well, yeah, the fact that there were no players from Watford, and then the players you guessed from Bournemouth, um, and there were no, players. I had
1: some, okay, I didn't do very well, but I did have some decent guesses. Your guesses weren't bad, your guesses weren't bad. Um, I, I thought that I was gonna hit with either James Madison or Jimmy Vardy, I thought I was gonna hit with either Jimenez, Jimenez. or Neves, or I, I almost even guessed like a couple of their players from Wolves. Yeah, it's pretty... It's, I thought I was either going to get Dini or Adele Feu. like,
0: oh, God. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, Shaw actually does only have 20 starts, and he has five man of the matches in his 20 starts. That's insane. Um, which is crazy. Um, Josh King has 32 starts, has five man of the matches. Gilfie, 34, five as well. Um, Felipe has 35 starts and six man of the matches. Um, and then you can head over to... Wilf. Yeah, Wilf, who has 32 starts, five, and Shane Duffy has 33 and five as well.
1: Man, that was a good question. I'm. I think I might retire from trivia soon. So, I'm so, so bad
0: yeah. every week. So to give you some context, uh, the the top player in the league, like I said, is Eden Hazard with 13 in the of the matches. Mohamed Salah and Raheem Sterling are tied for second, both with eight. And Eden Hazard wasn't even in the Premier League team of the the PFA team this season. Yeah, so, that's
1: insane. I don't know why he's not getting enough love. I, we did talk about him too. I was saying that he was the best player outside of the top two when we did that thing the other week. Yep. Um. Just yes. absolutely mental.
0: Um, but tough question. We're trying to keep it outside of the top six stuff just because I like that. Get some other No, I like in. that too.
1: It's just – man in the match is tough too because it's subjective. You Ex- know? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. But, but we'll it's going to we'll, be better. We'll head
0: over to the predictor app where you can get
1: some money because Chris is better than the predictor is, app. This is going to be some money for sure. Um. So, Chris, first result – or first first fixture you got lined up, Cardiff Palace. Yeah, we're yeah. both going a lot of chalk this week. But um, I'm going to go Palace 2-1. Cardiff, I have a ton to play for Huge match for them. They, it's a must-win or they're down. Um, but Palace have been so good away. That's why I like them to win this one. I'm going 2-1. Yeah, I think Cardiff... They're the, the, the prime killers. They just send everybody down. Yeah,
0: I think in this one, Palace are actually going to get the early goal, and I think that Car- that will break Cardiff's spirit because Cardiff's must-win game was last week against Fulham, and they lost 1-0 and just looked miserable. Um, I think Palace will get an early goal, and then Cardiff will look at themselves, look look left and look right and think, Shit, we're done for. Um, and then Palace will get another one and then win 2-0. Um, and then we go
1: to Newcastle versus Liverpool. What do you got? I went a little bit back and forth in this one, but I think that... I know that I said I flipped, and I think City are going to win the title. I still think that's going to happen, but I think they're going to win on merit, not from Liverpool totally choking. So I think Liverpool will probably win out and just lose in a heartbreaking fashion with uh, with City also kind of just finishing the job. So I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. And they'll give them a little bit of momentum going into the, the second leg of their Champions League fixture with Barcelona. Uh, yeah. I've and Newcastle got, haven't been very good lately. I've got
0: 1 1. Newcastle at home, St. James's Park, sneak out a draw, play strong defensive football. Fabian Shar, man of the match. Um, and they draw one-one, and Liverpool. If that happens, it's basically title. the title. Exactly. I think that will cl- that will essentially clinch the title for City, and then Liverpool, and that'll be on the back. That'll be on Saturday on the back of Liverpool losing to Barcelona. If this happens. I think it's it a, could
1: be a really
0: bad week and a half to be a Liverpool. Exactly. I mean,
1: I'm laughing. All come down.
0: All melt down in one week. I'm here. laughing because to me that's you know that's just an absolute joy to behold, and I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get some money.
1: It would actually be three matches in seven days and it would be their whole seasons on the line. Yep. Um, I don't think that's going to happen but that would so. be interesting. I think it will come down to the last day. We'll get some more drama with that but now let's I, move on. They've got Huddersfield against Manchester
0: United. Um, I took Manchester United 2-0 over Huddersfield. Huddersfield suck but Manchester United are kind of 6s and 7s right now. I don't think they'll be able to um, you know, put a bunch past them but
1: it's just a comfortable 2-0 one. Huddersfield are gonna go down as one of the worst Premier League teams of all time this yep, season. They will. Um they are only have 14 points. I think United are a bit of a mess right now, though too. I'm going one 0 united. Joe you know is the worst Premier League team of all time in terms of points? I think Darby. Yes. They had well, like 10 points or something. Yes, well done, Chris. Yeah. Well they done. you ask me that in trivia, god damn it. I'm going out of knowledge there, but uh, Um anyway, so yeah, I'm going one 0 United. I think they'll squeak it out, but they've just been trash lately too. Uh, okay, and then we takes us over to the other Sunday fixture uh, that was that Huddersfield United Sunday, and then we got Arsenal at home to Brighton on Sunday as well. Brighton can uh stay up, regardless of the Cardiff. Uh, result here if they can get a win in this one and mm-hmm. Arsenal have dropped three in a row Who you got
0: yeah I got Arsenal actually 1-0 uh Brighton can't they just can't score and they're terrible to watch they'll they'll really really pack it in uh defensively and I think Arsenal will find a way to break them down with one goal at some point they've lost too many in a row but they will totally control this game they're not Brighton don't have a dynamic uh, offense whatsoever like a Crystal Palace does or anything like that
1: no um and I think Arsenal will bounce back here, but I think Arsenal also are pretty messy uh, defensively. So I'm going to get Brighton one goal. I'll go 2-1 Arsenal here. Yep. And then finally on the Monday, we've got Manchester City versus Leicester. Interesting that Man
0: City play um, two, full, two days after um, Liverpool play. Um, again, the it's kind of the advantage of the Champions League fixtures going on right now. Um, well, not even that. Like, I don't. It's kind of weird. You'd think Liverpool would, or Liverpool would play on the Monday. I guess that would conflict with the next week's Champions League fixtures Yes, yeah, they
1: play a Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway,
0: just confusing myself. But yeah. Manchester City again will know two days ahead of time. Um, the Newcastle upset happened, um, and then I reckon they put away Leicester two 0 comfortably at home.
1: Yeah, I went two 0 as well. I really thought about making this one a draw just to make things a little bit tricky, but. <laughs> Uh, City, just they've been here before. Uh, I don't think that they're a team that are, that's going to go and choke. Pep is too good. They're at home. They're pissed off about the Champions League. Leicester, uh, they're dangerous. They've been really tricky the last couple of months here. They've um, climbed up the table a bit. They're playing well, but I'm going to go 2-0 as well here. I think City have enough to, to close it out, and I think that they're not going to... Yeah, you know, they're not going to play themselves out of the title here. I think they're going to be in a good spot. So. Yeah,
0: I, I agree, and I I watched Leicester concede a few goals to get to West Ham the other week, and they didn't look incredibly strong defensively, and um, they kind of go in flashes, they go in waves. But um, that that wraps up to our predictor app. Obviously, let us know your picks. Let us know what Chris and I should be betting on for the Champions League fixtures. Tune in over the next two days, um, and you know, hopefully, we see. I guess I say hopefully we see English in the final. I don't really care. Hopefully my picks are right. Hopefully we see Spurs in the final.
1: Um, well, not for the bet's sake, but I just like them more than Liverpool. Hopefully
0: El Ghazi's red card gets you know gets taken back. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Anything else, Chris?
1: No. I mean, we'll be back next week to kind of give a, a preview of the final day of the season, uh, which is Sunday, May twelfth, Mother's Day for all you moms out there that uh, love watching the Prem. And moms. then. Uh, we'll also you know, be updating on our Champions League. We'll, we'll have a bet in place at that point. Um, so tweet us that. We'll, we'll send out a tweet here uh, tonight to get some takes. But other than that, uh, thanks for listening. Keep uh, engaging with us, and let's let's have some fun here the last two weeks. Hey,
0: let's get some money, guys. Appreciate it. just goes to show. Season's drawn to an end pretty soon here. Let's finish strong.
1: Everybody's human. Thanks. Cheers.